hello and welcome to the season finale <gasps> of Ad Creeps. What? The podcast where we correct and dissect the TV advertisements that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. I'm Al, and I'm here with my co-host, Courtney. This season finale, one of us will die. Oh, no. It will probably be me, because you're leading this episode. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe it'll be metaphorical. Yeah, or maybe... An a, emotional death of the self. We're really... It's really a dream. Or we're secretly twins. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Wow, we've come a long way. We've come a long, long way, baby. It's been a long year. It sure has. <laughs> a lot of changes have happened. Oh, boy. So many changes. Um, and we made it through, which we is great. We survived another year of pandemic, another yeah. year of life. And another year of creeps. Yep. Um, so we deserve a break. We do. And you know what, frankly, audience, you do too. Yes. <laughs> and we'll tell you more about that at the end of yes, the show. Yes, we definitely will. But I want, you've been hyping this. Have I been hyping it? I Maybe a little bit. Hyping? This, hyping it? This is the last episode of 2021. I was almost going to say 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Our 2020-2021 season. This is finale. our, Yeah. So it's got to be... It's got to be good. I hope. Ooh, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. Come on, Al. Let's see what you got. Okay. Okay. First of all, I just want to say I'm so sorry for this. <laughs> Way to end our season. <laughs> Did you know mm. that Marlboros were originally marketed to women? Marlboros were originally marketed to women. Yeah. No. Mar- Marlboro. Marlboro. Well, they cigarettes. have that man. They have the Marlboro they, exactly. man. Yeah. But uh, when they were first introduced in 1924, yeah. they were sold with greaseproof bands around the filter to prevent lipstick smudges <laughs> with the slogan, Ivory Tips Protect the Lips. <laughs> Is that what you're sorry for? <laughs> No, this isn't what I'm... You'll find okay. out what I'm sorry about. Okay. The Marlboro was conceived as a woman's cigarette wow. because it was filtered, which manufacturer oh. Philip Morris claimed made them safer. Well, I guess it's something. It's something. I forgot that you had unfiltered cigarettes. Yeah. And it's just a full tobacco leaf up in there. Yep. And up in you. Just one whole leaf. What is the... Is the filter like a, like a Brita? Yeah, it's like a Brita. <laughs> you plug it into the end of your cigarette... Everyone gets mad when you put it back in the fridge without refilling oh, it. Oh, man. You don't know what it does in there. <laughs> There's little, little specks of something that come out. Yeah. Oh, boy. But mm. when cigarette consumption slumped after new information about lung cancer surfaced, Uh-oh. men wanted to switch to the safer filtered cigarette. Oh, but they couldn't because it's a lady It's cigarette. for a lady. Look, the men didn't want the ivory tip uh, betwixt their lips. No. Because that... It's homosexual. It is very homosexual. <laughs> in fact, advertisers Leo Burnett tapped into the public perception that smoking filters was for women and homosexuals. <laughs> I found out that homosexuals smoking was a motif in a lot of old movies, but also wearing neckerchiefs. Mm. That was like a code back then. That in makes the sense. 60s and 70s. That's the first hanky code. Yeah. <laughs> it's just around your neck. 
<laughs> oh, oh, that's a coded homosexual because he is uh, he's got a little little dandy little thing around his neck. <laughs> that's a confirmed bachelor, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh boy so what leo burnett did was they created a line of mascro turf mascots what? that showed macho men smoking the product including oh. sea captains construction <gasps> workers and war correspondents war correspondents like you like me <laughs> in my new glasses <laughs> yeah i did i was when i was picking out new glasses i did want a uh, uh, quote um Big nom energy? Yeah. That's I think I did get it. 1960s counterculture type yeah, glasses. Yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. I got it. <laughs> I got there. The most popular of all of these mascots was also the Root and Tootinist. The Marlboro Man? Who could become a symbol of American masculinity for decades to come? Wait. The iconic Marlboro Man. Yeah, okay. I thought we were going to talk about Joe. No, not Joe. We'll get to Joe. Okay. Joe? We'll, we'll get to you. Oh, I almost dipped into Joe today. Oh, really? Yeah, I almost did. But, uh, you know, we'll get to him. We'll get to you, Joe. I didn't like it. Okay. I know this isn't Joe. Joe Camel. Mm-hmm. Mr. Camel to y'all. Um, if you're nasty. If you, <laughs> there's something weird about his lips. Yeah, he got some stuff going on with his face. He's got some labia face going on. <laughs> he sure does. I just, anyway, we'll save it for the other episode. Maybe season two. We will see. We'll get there. Yeah. Oh, boy. Mm. So, the way that advertisers have tied gender, and more specifically masculinity, to product presentation in the public eye has had a huge part in the creation of culture over the past century. That said, the ways in which subtleties and nuances have transgressed heterosexuality and gender stereotypes is often lost as it's consumed by a generation and fed back into the zeitgeist through an output of literature, film, and television that that generation creates. Like the laminated dough of a croissant, cold fat (laughs) folded in again and again and again before coalescing under the heat of the oven, butter melting and oozing through the layers in a barely perceptible bleed to the surface. Wow, I'm hungry. Yeah, I know. Me. Been, I was hungry when I wrote this. Have you been watching a lot of Brit- British Bake Off? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I sure have. <laughs> that little German man is saving us all. Oh, Jürgen. Boy. I love him. Oh. But also, Chigs, very hot. Very good. Very good, very hot. Very good, very hot. And the Italian man, I don't care for him. You don't like Giuseppe? Giuseppe's too Italian. Should I should I say that? I don't know. You're the one who's always telling me I'm being racist <laughs> against Italians. It's fine. My Aunt Edie's cool with it. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> one of the symbols of modern American masculinity most aped in television and film, besides perhaps Holden Caulfield, oh, boy. is the prosaic Beat Generation road novel On the Road and its oh. author, Jack Kerouac. Oh. Or Sal Paradise, as he's pseudonymously called in the original 1957 Viking Press publication. Is this what you're sorry for? No. Okay. (laughs) You should be sorry for this. Oh, okay. Okay. Upheld as a bastion of masculinity for a generation of wandering beat wannabes, their recycled spit-up creations born from creased back pocket paperbacks lose much in translation. Ugh. Kerouac's Ode to Manifest Destiny is built on post-war imperialist disillusionment, but it's also undeniably queer. Two things that are only in conflict if you've never heard of intersectionality or met a gay conservative. <laughs> oh, those meta gays. Oh, they're here. <laughs> they're here. Boy. How did you have, okay, did you read any Jack Kerouac in like university? No. No. I had to pick, I picked it up here and there, like a paragraph or two. Mm-hmm. It's didn't, a lot. Didn't. I was reading um, The Chrysalids. 
Oh yeah. See, for my for my journey into masculinity, I went instead for the other uh, big homosexual awakening, Stone Cold Butch. Yes. Um, that is where I would go. Yeah. <laughs> but this one, eh, not so good. Not not so much. This not is so much. this is for the uh, the cis boys. Yeah. <laughs> not for not for me. Not A pretend for you. cis boy. <laughs> Originally scrawled on one long scroll oh, as Kerouac no. tripped while trekking cross country. Wait, like a toilet paper roll? No, like a like a scroll of uh, like you put in like a typewriter. Parchment? Oh, oh, okay. I thought he- it was the '60s. Not. <laughs> I thought he had like an Egyptian parchment <laughs> that he would roll and put, or or a piece of. I mean, it sounds paper. pretentious enough, right? Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> who would choose this? I don't know. Okay. Who would who would look at this and be like, that's my shit? <laughs> the cis men are mm. not all right, y'all. <laughs> no. So the the original text contained reference to the beginning of a decades-long sadomasochistic sexual relationship between mm. two of the main, quote, characters, <laughs> Allen Ginsberg, a.k.a. Carlo Marx, and Neil Cassidy, a.k.a. Dean Moriarty, along with mentions of various orgies and emotional intimacies experienced together by all three. <sighs> it sure was an orgy. It sh- it sure was. <laughs> of course, as Kerouac was preparing the novel for publication, his close friend Allen Ginsberg was in the middle of an obscenity trial over the explicitly homosexual poetry in his book Howl. Mm. Since the original scroll was published in 2007, we can now see how the resulting changes and continued redrafting oh. affected the overt sexuality of the story and edited it into the novel we all know today, an ode to the forced chastity of brothers <gasps> in arms, something for men to read in college and then turn it into their personality for the next five years or more. Wait a minute. Mm. And then they go into Catch on the Rye. Yeah. But anyway, wait a minute. So it was supposed to be actually, like, legitimately gay. Well, the thing is, like, it, it's not that... Kerouac like intended to make it a gay manifesto yeah, or anything. Yeah. It's just that, you know, a lot of the people that were in the novel because they were actual people that he knew that he were yeah. friends with were having a lot of gay sex. <laughs> you know, I mean, just happened to be. Allen Ginsberg was a, a big part of that book. And yeah. at the time, he was the only known gay poet. And he was having a lot of sex. He was, well, if you're going to be the only known gay poet, you're going to have a lot of sex on your hands. Yeah, but so many people of that same beat generation later yeah. came out, like William S. Burroughs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, my favorite thing is that the Wikipedia page for William S. Burroughs, like, talks about how badly he wanted to fuck Ginsburg, but Ginsburg, like, rejected him. And I just, like, just think about, like, if you... If you came back to life decades later and you looked at your Wikipedia page and all it talked about was how badly you wanted to fuck your best friend, but he wasn't into you. Can you imagine? You'd you'd die again. How humiliating. This is so embarrassing. He's like, I wonder, I wonder what texts people really hold up. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, there's that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's embarrassing. Yeah. But so, yeah, like so many in the beat generation were gay or bi or pan or experimenting. I mean, and a lot of their writing was also inspired by Walt Whitman, who was gay. Mm -hmm. So. Nature boy. See, here's the thing. In uh, in AP US English. mm -hmm. And when we dive into Walt Whitman, it's fucking boring. Yeah. This is about birds and shit. No, naturalist. No, thank you. And then. You realize, like, later in university, oh, he gay? Oh, he gay? Well, I'm going to go look at these bird poems again. It makes everything a lot more interesting. Wow. Because the birds were penises. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And it's all coming together. It's all coming together. Um... Yeah, so it's just kind of wild that this, like, this book that's this bastion of cis, cis- masculinity, yeah. 
you know, has a lot of queerness intertwined into it that was ultimately removed. It's the bones. Yeah. It's the bones. The marrow was gay. The marrow was gay. Even, like, in the first few pages, as soon as Allen Ginsberg and Neil Cassidy meet, they immediately, like, click on some sexual level. Yeah. And uh, Kerouac writes about that in the book, but it's, you know, it's not in the final version. Gee. We ha- okay, we're going to do an Ad Cruz book club. <laughs> we <laughs> oh, need the please, or- no. We need the original scrolls. Well, they are published. You can read them. <laughs> not a fucking book. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Just scrolls. <laughs> oh, boy. And then we can wipe our butt with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scholarly opinions on the queerness of On the Road are mixed, Don Romsberg, an associate professor of women's and gender studies at Sonoma State University, said, On the Road's homoeroticism doesn't affirm homosexuality or bisexuality as much as it shores up the narrator and main character's prerogatives as beat but ultimately straight white males to go where they want and fuck who they want, but it's all in service of their freedom, not ours. Being queer and reading On the Road can be like that drunken one-night stand with a straight boy who won't make eye contact with you after. Oh, no. Romsberg seems to have a very narrow opinion of what does and does not count as gay, and also seems to live in a world where all queer people are perfectly unproblematic and unflappably out of the closet. Uh, I think that the current generation has a much wider understanding of how outwardly heterosexual media could be interpreted in a myriad of ways. Oh, boy. Just like a Tumblr. Just like a Tumblr. Just like they're, a Tumblr. they're looking at everything they're, they're saying gone. it's gay. Those John Locks. Oh, don't. <laughs> don't do it. I did. Not me personally. John Locke, the, the philosopher? Yeah, that one. <laughs> He's gay with himself? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I hear you asking me, mm. in this day and age, yeah. what modern advertisement oh. or advertisement would possibly have some relation, however tangential, to On the Road? Oh, um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm kind of scared to ask. Yeah, you to me. On July 22nd, 2005, mm. Variety ran a headline with a shocking obituary. Mm. WB seeks bigger odd commits frogicide <laughs> with a subheader, Netflogs the Frog. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Oh, wow. The frog in question was the network's longtime mascot, the animated amphibian Michigan J. Frog. Yeah. In a move to attract an older, more sophisticated audience, WB <laughs> dropped a lily pad post tadpole with Chairman Garth Ansier giving a surprisingly grim interview on the subject. Oh, my God. In my opinion, the frog is dead and buried, Whoa. Ansier told critics at the previously news-free summer edition of the semi-annual TV Critics Association press tour. <laughs> Okay. The frog was on life support for a long time, and then we got permission from a federal court to remove the feeding tube. What? He later added, I've hated the frog since day one. I think it's a dumb logo. (laughs) They hate that boy? They hate the frog! That boy? WB's president of entertainment, David Janellari, clarified later that Michigan was a symbol that, especially in the testing that we did, perpetuated the young teen feel of the network. Yeah. And that is not the image that we want to put out to our audience, he said. Now, did you have the WB network in Canada? Yeah. Okay. So he was everywhere. He was all over that thing. And it was like, it was like they, with the promotional material, like promoting even, even live action shows, Mm -hmm. he was like cut out of the animation yeah. and pasted over top doing a little weird dance doing the little can can and i i enjoyed his jaunty jauntiness <laughs> i did well he was very but jaunty i was a teen you were a teen and i liked that but they wanted to get more adult that was their stated goal was that they wanted to get more adult okay. but none of these articles about the frog aside mentioned the salient point made by a stand-up comic that the frog's aesthetic was born of the same racist cultural theft as minstrel shows <gasps> 
Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, hey, flush that frog down the toilet. Yeah. He was kind of minstrelly, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, the song that he's most famous for, Hello, My Baby, yeah. was a ragtime song <gasps> written by two white musicians mm-hmm. when when white people were just starting to sort of, like, culturally appropriate ragtime music. Mm-hmm. And the dance that he does is very similar to a dance that's known as a cakewalk. Okay. Which was a dance that slaves created to make fun of the white slave owners uh, and the fancy balls that they would have. I love that. Uh, which And what's really wild about that is that the cakewalk, like, went on to be done in minstrel shows. Yeah. So it was white people making fun of black people making fun of white people. But I, I assume the white people didn't understand the full extent no. to which they were being made fun of. No, they didn't understand that that dance had been created, you know. To make fun of them. Yeah, to make fun of them. You know what, white people? They do never do understand. <laughs> we sure don't. We're just fucking clueless. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. Hey, you know what? What? Fuck this frog. Fuck this frog. Get him out of here. You think, uh, you think you know where this is going? Um... I don't know, but now all I can think about is foghorn and leghorn is probably pretty problematic. Oh, too. almost <laughs> certainly. <laughs> that big chicken? That that guy? Oh, he's like really into the South. Bad vibes, honestly. <laughs> he's got really bad vibes. He's got opinions about certain flags that we should not Ooh, talk about. <laughs> no. Uh, where are we going with this? Um, well, I'm trying to think of of. Uh, WB's next step, mm-hmm. and I don't, me, I don't remember post frog. Let me tell you. Okay. Let me tell you about it. Yeah. In the WB's 2005 fall season, okay, they premiered a new show to match their grown-up image. One whose main characters were originally named after On the Road's iconic leads, what? Sal Paradise and Dean Moriarty. Of course, Sal was changed to Sam, <gasps> and the two became <laughs> brothers. Ow! 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 Yeah. What's up? What's going on? What's the situation? (laughs) It's our season finale. I can do whatever I want. Okay, I gotta back up. Yeah. Is this like for sure, for sure, this is who they were based on? Yes. Oh my god. That's not made up. That is who the characters were named after. And it was a major influence on the show. I just galaxy brained and I don't like it. I want to go back. <laughs> I wa- <laughs> Can you men in black me? No, I don't Can have that power. Call Will Smith. We need him. Oh my God. First of all, I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you may continue. Thank you. Oh. I was going to, anyways. <laughs> So Sal was changed to Sam, and the two became brothers in this series that creator Eric Kripke described as a modern American Western. Mm. He said, two gunslingers who ride into town, fight the bad guys, kiss the girl, and ride out into the sunset again. And we were always talking from the very beginning, if you're going to have cowboys, they need a trusty horse. That horse, of course, a 1967 Chevy Impala <laughs> modeled after iconic TV star cars like the Dukes of Hazzard's Confederate General Lee and Knight Rider's uptight homosexual kit. Okay, we're going back that way. Which, he was Mr. Feeney. Was he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Mr. Feeney voiced Kit. Who's the, the Knight Rider guy? Um, The guy who, who what, ate the hamburger. Yes. <laughs> um, jo- Oh, David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. So he will, he basically, like, in appearances over the past 10 years, has told people that Kit was gay. <laughs> <laughs> what an 
ally. I know. He's like, so Kit was gay. So Kit was um, gay. I don't know. Did you know. like him? Did you like him, Kit? He's gay. <laughs> Oh, okay. Now, okay, you're using the razzle-dazzle on me. I am. Because you got me onto Kit, but really, what I we're talking about... I love to razzle-dazzle, yeah. What we're talking about is the them boys. Them boys! And now, okay. Uh, when you said... I, I mm. here, can I, yeah. can I release a little bit of inner thought? Please. Inner, inner dialogue. You said WB. As soon as you said WB, I said, oh, no. <laughs> um... But then I said, no, Al can't. Really? They, they, they cannot. And then you said 2005. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, well, that show wasn't that old. But it was. <laughs> gotcha. But it was. It was that old. It was. Now, I think we mentioned it. Al did give uh, Metal Husband and I a list of, what, 120 episodes <laughs> of only the best. The essentials. The essentials. And we did start at the beginning uh, when they were just baby mm-hmm. in the 2005 season. Mm-hmm. They baby. They baby. Did, do you think they knew? Do you think they knew how long? No. no I think they had no, no one had any no idea. Had <laughs> you may continue, but how? Thank you again for permission. Al? I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> do you um do you understand why I apologized? Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> the show that would go on to become the longest running series on either the WB, UPN, or their Voltron combination shingle, the CW. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, I was wondering how CW was. So C- CW was a merging of the WB and UPN. Yeah. And C the C and CW is for CBS and the W is for Warner Brothers. Oh, Because wow. UPN was a, a CBS network. Yeah. Holy moly. I'm learning something every day mm-hmm. from you. Thanks. I didn't want to. Okay. Well. <laughs> so the series started with a humble concept. Gripke intended the show to focus on weekly monsters, using the brothers only as an engine to get in and out of different horror movies every week. Mm. He stated his sole desire was to scare the crap out of people. But the chemistry between the two lead actors changed the series over the first season to focus more on the relationship between the brothers. Now, Al, this is our last episode yes, of the season. that's correct. <laughs> okay, just clarifying, just clarifying that this is where you've chosen to take uh-huh. us. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, it is. To each their own. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy. <sighs> do you feel satisfied? Yeah. Wow. I do, I feel really good. <laughs> Interestingly. Yeah. A show that started out as an homage to the straight-washed Kerouac wet dream eventually wound up finding a place in the hearts of queer fans. Yeah. Despite its best efforts <laughs> and a surprising number of trans-mask viewers imprinted on the uneasy, overemphasized machismo of Dean Winchester. Oh. The season one ad campaign in the UK and Australia is a compelling herald of the show's confusing identity as it struggled with market research and a strangely intense misogynistic bend to the creative direction, as well as its eventual popularity amongst monster fuckers. <laughs> Those monsters. We can count on those. We can always count. Hey, I'm right here. Oh, wow. (laughs) Hello. Here are the two important things you need to know about being a monster fucker. Yeah, number one. One, if you want to fuck a monster, you don't got to be scared of the monster. (laughs) Oh. Number two. Wow. Okay. If you want to fuck the monster, maybe someday someone want to fuck you. Aww. Queerness, monsters, hand in hand. Heart. (laughs) 
Despite being rooted in a straight man's base level interpretation of a literary work built on gay relationships, the show never really found its footing, mm. failing to find the fact that works about monsters and the supernatural often go hand in hand with queer narratives. This is probably how they ended up with a last minute declaration of possibly deniable love from a main character in the same way that you might over whip cream and realize you've <laughs> accidentally made butter and then you walk 10 blocks to throw the butter into the trash can of a pizza place none of your friends like and then return home to burn your kitchen down in hopes that nobody notices you were even baking in the first place. <laughs> But the car went to heaven. The car went to heaven, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Ironically, this character, the one that uh, gave the declaration of love, yeah. is seen by fans as the third lead, or the Carlo Marx of the supernatural universe, the Allen Ginsberg oh, okay. to okay. Dean's Neil Cassidy. Okay. The creative leads on the show both relied on that nuance as well as simultaneously trying to convince fans that it didn't exist. <sighs> That's so gross. In creator Eric Kripke's new show, The Boys, he seems determined to tell a new kind of story. Mm. Quote, We were able to dig into both the history of the country and also really look at toxic masculinity and masculine roles and what a shit show that's caused overall. This <laughs> whole fucking independent Marlboro Man thing. <gasps> Wow. But when Supernatural's 15-season run features an iconic gunslinger protagonist who will be as indelible and unhealthy for the current generation as Kerouac was for Kripke, the damage may already be done. Did you call Dean out? Yeah. <laughs> Good. It sucks. <laughs> oh, I don't know how... I, I feel a little bit bamboozled. You feel bamboozled? I feel... I'm like, okay, Marble Man, we're gonna do some cigarettes. Cool. I'm down with that. Okay, Jack Kerouac. Well, I don't know. Well, okay. <laughs> Michigan Daddy Fog, he races. Sure. Oh, no. Where we're going? <laughs> well, surely this is a red string. This. Oh, yeah. You know what? Out of all of our red strings, I believe you somehow got Supernatural into every one of our episodes. Well, not everyone, but a lot of them. <laughs> In fact, Al is going to go back and edit <laughs> each one and just say something. Listen. I got very excited when you started talking about red string theory, because I knew that there were episodes I had intentionally planted red strings in. Oh, wow. <laughs> what commercial are we going to see? We are going to see this UK and Australia promo. It's honestly the reason I wanted to do this. Okay, so here's, here again, I'm just, I'm opening up my thought. This is my Please, inner, inner thought. let it out. I have been brainstorming, like, okay, cigarettes, WB, how am I going to replace this frog? What are we going to do? And now that I know, I have to rewrite a promotion for the first season of Supernatural. I'm unhinged. <laughs> you know what? I actually forgot about that part until just now. <laughs> Al, you done me dirty. Okay, let's see this motherfucker. Okay. We'll return after these messages. Okay, I understand that. You understand that. I do understand that. Okay. Oh my god. Because in terms of advertising, like that is it's a wild swing. <laughs> they shot for the bleachers, friend. <laughs> they shot ropes into the bleachers. <laughs> like snakes. <laughs> they hit the big rain monster, uh, metaphorically and physically. Yeah. 
Wow. I think everyone, so there, there, you can see this ad in the sources, and I yeah. do think everyone should watch this. Highly ad. recommend. I get it now, Al. Yeah. I do get it. The the sheer attempts at masculinity coming oh. off that commercial does make you go, where did this fucking come from? What is going on? <laughs> okay. Uh, now, I do, I've watched season one the most, yeah. I think. So I am pretty versed with season one of Supernatural. I cannot believe I'm saying this. I cannot believe <laughs> we are discussing this show. <laughs> do okay. you want to describe what you yeah, saw? Yeah, I do. Sam. He's he's the little brother. Yeah. He's the taller brother. He's got floppy hair. He's the Kerouac. He is the Kerouac. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's got floppy hair. And much like my hair, the one day a week where I shampoo it, like today, I got the same hair. It looks very nice. Thank you. It's kind of floofy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other seasons, I do morph into the... Um, the Dean. Sorry, the Dean. No, no. I do morph into the Sam curtain bangs. Oh, the curtain bangs. Yeah, that's yes. how I morph. Anyway, so Sam is on a couch, and there is a ghost lady? Mm-hmm. Just rubbing his chest <laughs> in the most aggressive and sexual manner. Yes. And he's loving it. He's having a ball. He's having a great... He's like um, a person who has purchased a lap dance at a strip club, um, but it's his first one. Yeah. And and he's a little nervous, but then he gets into it. <laughs> so there's also a scene where he... It's like a fucking Matchbox 20. It, oh my god, that's video. the most accurate way to put it. Maybe Matchbox 20, maybe three doors down. Yes. That's what I'm feeling. And there's he's on a couch and he breathes out smoke, but he's not smoking. Is it a ghost come? I don't know. <laughs> and then Dean's against a wall, and they have the top-up shot where they like rotate around him. His collar, I think they put like wire in that thing. Oh, it's to starched stick it. for the gods. Straight up. Uh, much like his erection, which I assume he has at all times. And there's blood on the wall. He gets... Oh, the wall is bleeding. The wall is bleeding, much like me currently. (laughs) Um, And he gets also touched by the ghost lady. There's a ghost lady. Yeah. Then there's a monster. Then there's a monster. And and the monster is in the shadows. He's kind of like Gollum-esque, I would say. But Dean also, he's making eyes like, I'm going to fuck this monster. (laughs) He sure is. And you know what? Maybe he Maybe he's... Hey, who knows? Okay. And then the words. Oh, but before that, yeah. you can't forget my favorite part. What's your favorite Big blue part? hand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Big blue hand. <laughs> he's here. I think they suffer from X-Files it, yeah, opening. That got me so with the X-Files vibes. So X-Files opening, it's also kind of a mishmash of yeah. spooky, supernatural. But it's not... Sexy. But it's not... Well, (laughs) hey, we've done a whole podcast to tell you why it's not sexy. There's a moment in the X-Files opening where there's, like, a hand. Yeah. And there's, like, one digit of the hand is red. And you're like, what does that mean? This is... (laughs) What could it possibly mean? (laughs) And this is the same thing. It's just a blue hand on a window? Mm Mm-hmm. On On a wall? In a doorway? Does that represent the ghost touching a brother? Uh, probably. Does, did the ghost do a, a Ghostbusters, um, Dan Aykroyd, blow jo- ghost blows job? <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then the words. Yes. Scary. It's just scary. It says scary. Um, 
Uh, I think it was scary has never looked so sexy. No, scary just got sexy. <laughs> Who approved this? I don't know. Who approved this? But this is where the monster fuckers get excited. They're like, oh, hello. Oh, hello. Do monster fuckers like ghosts? Or is that not? I think there are some that are into it. Yeah, I think okay. more like about the, you know, the sort of werewolf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of big monster that could big grab monster. you, throw you around a little bit. And give you a big hug. That too. <laughs> you want one? You want a mo- Hey, if I'm going to fuck a monster, I want a monster I, I can snuggle with. Get you a monster who can do both. Right? Ghosts, I don't think they're big snugglers. No. Okay. That was the ad. <laughs> <laughs> and now? It's 2021. It sure is. <sighs> they're rebooting Supernatural. <laughs> what would be different? I don't... Like, okay. how would they advertise it? So... I'm I'm of two minds. Do I want to go back? Do I want to take a time machine wherein <laughs> Supernatural has never been released? Yeah. And say, well, we're releasing it now in 2021. We find we found all these tapes. We're releasing it now in 2021. Or do I want to just reboot it? I'm in kind of in favor of the first one because okay. I feel like you get to get rid of all the baggage. Like if they created a Supernatural now in 2021 mm. and we hadn't already had one, mm, mm, what mm. would it be like? I've often had this fantasy where in if I'm a t- if I was a time traveler, yeah. I would go back in time and like write something write quote unquote something famous. So I'd be the famous one. Oh, so you're not gonna kill Hitler? No. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Look, I'm talking about like I'm talking about selfish. Self- <laughs> I'm sure another time travel what if when there's time travel, everyone's gonna be killing Hitler. <laughs> You couldn't you couldn't book a time to go to 1945 <laughs> Berlin. Are you kidding me? No, I I'm, I'm talking about like go back to like, I don't know, 1997. Oops. Here's Harry Potter, but he's trans. <laughs> oh man. Right? I will fund your your time travel device I'm simply for that. It. I'm building it. That's my fantasy. Okay. So, let's let's hop in the time machine. But are we making a 2000 No, we're making a 2021 I, I, okay, this is what this is what I want to do. Okay, this you tell me. You Number lay it one. out for me. Number one, kill Jack Kerouac. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're killing Jack Kerouac. Yeah. Number two, taking his scroll. Trans- scroll. Yeah. We're publishing it. Okay. <laughs> but we are making it explicitly gay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Problem number one solved. Now that inspiration is going to chaos theory, butterfly wing flap into a gay supernatural. Alternately, what if you just slip the on-the-road paperback out of Kripke's back pocket and put Howl in there instead? (laughs) Stone Cold Butch, one pocket, Howl the other pocket. (laughs) Done. So now we're on an alternate time stream (laughs) where the showrunners of Supernatural still want to use Jack on the road as their inspiration. Yes. But they're boyfriends. They're boyfriends. They're not brothers. They're boyfriends. They're boyfriends in this one. In this one, they are boyfriends. Okay. And they also, I I guess it's probably still toxic masculinity. Oh, absolutely. But it's gay toxic masculinity. (laughs) Everybody's favorite kind. The special, super misogynistic, you know, the extra special kind. (laughs) A little bit of sugar in there. But it's just gay. It's just gay. It's just gay. And so instead of ghost girl, ghost guy. The ghost guy with rubbing the hands, rubbing the hands rubbing all hands, over. More handprints. What kind of music do we prints, have? Handprints, handprints, three doors down. We've got to bring them in. <laughs> They're gay too. They're all gay. Three doors down, the third door is gay. 
Uh, maybe some Matchbox 20. Actually, um... Blue hand, but it's a fist. <laughs> no, it's an invitation. <laughs> it, and the commercial, you see the werewolf. Yeah. He's sexy, too. He's got a big dick. <laughs> wanted to do a podcast they said (laughs) this is exactly what you wanted yep this is punishment for my last episode isn't it (laughs) sure (laughs) we haven't recorded it yet so i don't know what it is you'll see uh that's my ad i think i think this is we've got to really manhandle this yeah we do (laughs) and we just make it gay i love it it, inspiration incredible and i think we 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 keep everything else, but we just make it Everything? Gay. Yeah. Everything else. Oh. <laughs> gay just got sexier. <laughs> Scary just got gay. gay? <laughs> <laughs> oh. That creeps just got. Supernatural. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This. I'm no, so you're sorry. you're not sorry. You're not, I'm not sorry. sorry. You're not sorry. You know what? Here's the thing, though. Yeah. The kids are all right. They are all right. The kids are out there watching cis-hetero media that doesn't respect them in any way. Yeah. And they're taking it into their own hands, and they're saying, this is where I see myself. Yeah. And I fucking love that for them. Yeah, they're great. Tumblr, Tumblr during our era was a, a bastion of of gross and hate, and now I think the the kids have taken it back. The kids are there. They're drawing Dean Winchester with top surgery scars. Oh God. They're just they're doing. Yeah, I did. I did forget to mention he is a trans man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Gay. It it makes Um, sense to me. He's just a beautiful short king. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) totally trans at us. Okay, I forgot what we do next. Now you show me a local ad. Okay, I am still. You're totally out of. I am. This is. Oh boy. (laughs) I do have a treat for you. Oh yay. This is another red string that we have been toting throughout Ad Creeps. Okay. And I thought it was only proper if I reveal my final The Hammer. (gasps) You have another The Hammer? Okay, can we name all of them? Yes. Okay, number one. Uh, the Alabama Hammer. Yes. Number two, Tennessee Hammer. Tennessee Hammer. Rochester, New York Hammer. Rochester, New York Hammer. Texas Hammer. Texas Hammer. Was there a third? Was there a fifth? I, was I think we just have four. I think we have four. I have a fifth hammer. Every time you pull out a new hammer, I feel like I got oopsie reversed. <laughs> like, it's wild. This is the Illinois hammer. There's an Illinois hammer? I I am destined to find a hammer in every state, <laughs> friends. That's okay. my presidential promise. In this, the ultimate episode of season one of Ant Creeps, let us watch the Illinois hammer. It is the ultimate episode. It is the ultimate episode. <laughs> The office is a bait and switch insurance company. What can I do you for? I've just been in a car wreck and I'm hurt. I'm scared and I don't know what to do. I was injured at work last week already, so I'm really in a bind. You're my top priority. It's time to drop the hammer. After a work or personal injury, the last thing you need is to be taken advantage of by the system. I'll fight for you. Call the Illinois Hammer at 1 800 Hurt Now. Hmm. 
Okay, this hammer's a little lukewarm for me. Yeah, this hammer doesn't have the powers. I feel like he's definitely not winning the hammer bracket. No, but I do love the power that comes with his 1-800 number. 1-800, hurt now. <laughs> is that a threat, the hammer? Yeah, I think it is. I think the hammer is threatening us. Um, also, I love his graphic of the, the screen shattering when the hammer hits Yeah, it. that is that he needed a hammer. That's where the money went. I feel like that zhuzhed up the, the, the yeah. thing. Yeah. He is entering your wing. He did not do well. Now, I do want to point out something. Yes. I think this hammer, now that I see him, might be one of the other hammers. Oh, he just moved? I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> He may be the Tennessee Hammer. I'm going to have to reload. If he has two states under his belt, that does give him a leg up. Two hammers. Two hammers. You get a hammer per state. That's it. That's how it works. Maybe that's why he was so tired in the end. He's been all over. Right? Folks, this is our last ultimate episode of season one of the Ag Creeps. Mm -hmm. Right? So do we want to talk about what happens next? Yeah. So we're going to take a little break. We will be back on January 18th. Yeah, that's when we'll be back serving you some piping hot season two. Yeah. Hey, in the meantime, we've got homework for you. <gasps> yeah, take out your pens and paper, but not your tablet, because that's how you cheat. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I didn't see that little calculator you slipped under your desk. It's fine. <laughs> your homework is to, hey, this is a great time to, for people who maybe haven't listened to the episodes or have gotten a little interested but haven't made their way through, yeah. great time to catch up. Yeah. So if you have friends that you think you'd be interested in the show, say, hey, it's a great time to catch up. Have a listen party. Yeah. Hey, are you a fan of Supernatural? Post this episode on Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how we do on there. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a great time to, hey, you know, tell your friends, maybe talk about your favorite episode on social media if that's mm. kind of your thing. I would also get connected with us on social media yeah because we might have hey we might have a couple surprises Mm -hmm. during our off season maybe wink wink we do have we We do do, yeah we do we do do. do. um yeah we we are we have at least two surprises if not three so uh you know keep up with us keep following us on ad creeps on instagram and twitter and you know what we're gonna need Fresh hot local ads for season two. So send those over to us, adcreeps at gmail.com. Yeah, we want them. We need them. We need them. them. And uh, hey, if you've listened to this whole season (gasps) and you want us to know that you enjoyed it, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, that would make us very happy during the break. It would be a Christmas present to us. It really would. Yes. And I do have to say there are people who have listened to all of the episodes you're our favorite. You're our favorite. You're our favorite. Just you. Just you. Wink. <laughs> We're your dads now. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Have a great few weeks and we're excited to see you for season two. Yeah, I'll miss you. I'll miss you too. We're not going to speak. Yeah, we're not going <laughs> to. Starting we- now. <laughs> Until next time, we are signing off. But first, a word for my spouse. I can't believe it. You can't believe I've done this. I'm free now. Because <laughs> now you can't do another Supernatural commercial I ever. sure can't. <laughs> unless. Unless. Local?